Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Well, this is the Activate podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom. Uh, it's a ministry resource of Journey Church International. My name is uh, Ryan, and it's an honor to host this with uh, Pastor Christian today. Uh, we're starting a new series still in Matthew chapter 5. We're going to hang out there for quite a while. Um, and this this new series is called Jesus and Difficult People. Um, Pastor Christian, just kind of before we jump in, can you remind the listeners really of the setting of Matthew 5, kind of this section of Scripture, which, you know, kind of where he is and, and who might be listening in the audience? Yeah, so Matthew presents this text of Scripture in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 as basically the foundation of Jesus' ministry. Um, so Matthew 1, kind of a, a genealogy connecting Jesus um, back to Abraham. Uh, Matthew 2, really the story of Jesus' birth and upbringing with his mom and dad. Matthew 3 and 4 get into the temptation of Jesus. And then the very early ministry days of Jesus where he's baptized. And then he, and then he calls people to follow him because the kingdom of heaven is near. But he doesn't begin really teaching what the kingdom of heaven is until Matthew chapter 5. So in Matthew 5, he calls the crowds to him. Most scholars in history place this in Galilee, uh, above the shores of Capernaum. So he would have been speaking to poor, uh, mainly poor rural fishermen, farmers um, from Galilee in the region of Galilee, which is northern Israel, far from uh, far from Jerusalem. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the and the religious rulers who would have who would have made their home around around Jerusalem and a lot of them around the wealth and the political establishment of Jerusalem, and Jesus calls a crowd to him um, where he's he's going to turn the world upside down of what the kingdom of heaven looks like, not a military Messiah who comes to conquer the world so the whole world uh, you know wor- worships Israel. Um, but but a suffering servant um, who will produce a spiritual kingdom on on the inside of people, and he starts in Matthew five by just by just teaching the attributes of someone who has the kingdom of heaven living inside of them. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the meek. You know those those types of counterculture. Uh, the person with the kingdom of heaven in them is going to have their soul transform. From the inside out, it's really more about an, an attitude it is than a position in life. Um, and, and then he begins to teach by, by saying very specifically this section of Matthew 5, you've got to be more spiritual than the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the teachers of the law who were the most spiritual people of the day, where basically Jesus was showing that spirituality is, is more of an attitude, um, than it even is a, a lifestyle. And it's a humble heart that realizes they, that you need a savior. I mean, that, that's the whole thought of Matthew five that culminates in Matthew five forty eight. to connect to God. You have to be as perfect as God, um, which Jesus listeners would have said that's, that's impossible. And Jesus would have said, yeah, that, that is why you need a savior. So he's, he's teaching people in Israel 2000 years ago who are looking forward to the coming kingdom of a Messiah, hoping it'll be a military conqueror, but learning that it is someone who's going to, 
give spiritual transformation and then spiritual transformation one person at a time will lead to global transformation. Once the kingdom of God is inside you and you begin to live among others who have the kingdom of God inside of them, you can experience a little bit of heaven on earth. And Jesus will tell us later in Matthew chapter six to pray that Jesus kingdom comes and his will's done on earth as it is in heaven. But that really happens inside of you and around a community of believers before it happens in, in the larger world. As we found, there's tremendous content in this uh, Sermon on the Mount. It's uh, we've learned a lot, and there's so much more to come. Oh man, I yeah, I I bet we'll spend close to a year in Matthew five, six, and seven. We're in Matthew, uh, we're in uh, Sermon number eighteen, just in Matthew chapter five, and still a couple weeks to go. Yeah. As you announced this series, people no doubt thought about someone else, someone else they knew who was a difficult person. Uh, God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, which address lying and, and giving false testimony. And then Jesus addresses it again here in Matthew 5. So so God and, and Jesus are dispelling uh, the dishonesty of people. Uh, what, what does this tell us about, about humans and the conditions of the heart of people that this is a common theme? I think what we learn throughout Scripture is the heart of humanity is to look out Look out for yourself. I mean, at all cost, look out for yourself. Take care of yourself. No one else is going to be looking out for you, so you got to look out for yourself. Jesus will say again in the Sermon on the Mount, Sermon on the Mount, Matthew six thirty three. L- listen, if you will seek Jesus first, Jesus will take care of you. But that is not that is not the condition of the human heart. The condition of the human heart, as exposed in the Ten Commandments. You know, God said, you're not supposed to be like the land you're going into. You're not supposed to be like the land you're leaving. Here's how those people live their lives. They choose anything and everything to be a God because they think it will serve them. So don't have any other gods before me. They uh, they will worship anything that they feel like will benefit them. So don't have idols. They will use God for their own advantage. So don't take the name of the Lord in vain and use God to your advantage. They will as Proverbs says, overwork to be rich and take care of themselves. So make sure you take a Sabbath. It is a picture of how much you trust God. They will be people who will have no honor for authority and parents. So you are to honor your parents. There'll be people who kill, so don't murder. And there'll be people who steal, so don't steal. And there'll be people, you know, who who are not faithful to their husband and wife, so don't commit adultery. They, they'll be people um, who won't have integrity and honesty. So you be different. There'll be people who always have their eyes filled with what they won't, what they don't have because they're totally unsatisfied. So you don't covet. So God basically in the 10 commandments gives a picture of this is, this is the world. This is how the world lives. I'm going to command you to live differently. The world you came out of lives like this. The world you're going to lives like this. But since you're my special people, I want you to stand out. So really the ten the Ten Commandments are a picture of the broken world. And how if and how as followers of God we should look different. So I think you said what what does the world look like? Just flip the Ten Commandments around, that's what that's what the world looks like. Flip the Beatitudes around, that's what the world lo- looks like. Flip Matthew chapter five, verses thirty-three through thirty-seven around. Um basically use whatever you have to use to convince people they can trust you and um and then don't don't uphold your word um once you're done that's 
if you flip around the teaching of Jesus, that that's what the world looks like. And the teaching of Jesus is, hey, don't try to convince people they can trust you when you have um, no intention of keeping your word. Don't don't play games with with scripture and with nuance. Um, if you say yes, have it be yes. If you say no, have it be no. But quit looking for loopholes to look out for yourself while while taking advantage of other people. Uh, under point two, you kind of get into that a little bit. Uh, under point two of your message, you're talking about difficult people. And towards the end of that point, you say this. You say the Jews of Jesus' day thought they could honor God while intentionally dishonoring people. And you, and you also said Jesus should not have to teach us not to think like this. He will have to teach us to live among people who do. Hence the, you know, the title of the series. Can you unpack these thoughts a little bit for us? Yeah. So you have to understand the Jewish context of what Jesus was saying to understand his message. So Jesus said, you've heard that it was said, um, that if you take an oath before God, you better fulfill it. But I say like, stop taking oaths because basically what the people of Israel had done is they, they never wanted to swear in God's name because they didn't want to violate the third commandment, which was don't take the name of the Lord in vain. Um, basically if you use God's name, you better do what you're saying. So like, don't say, I swear to God and not do it because you've taken the name, you've taken the Lord's name in vain. You've, you've basically pledged to him and then, and then you've not done it. So what they did is they had levels of vowels that sounded as if they were promising, like they would promise to God. So like, I, 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 you know, I swear to heaven, I'll do this. That sounds like a spiritual you know, promise. Um, you know, I, I swear by the earth, God's footstool. That sounds like a spiritual promise. I swear by Jerusalem, God's city. That sounds like a spiritual promise. But basically what the people of Israel had done is in a court of law that would not hold up because they would say, Oh, I didn't swear to God. Like, yeah, but you, but you swore to, but you swore to God's city. Yeah, but that's not swearing to God. Okay, then I guess you don't have to pay pay your due. So basically, they were saying, I want to honor God. I would never want to swear to God and then not pay my debt because that would dishonor God. But if I can figure out a way to take advantage of people while not dishonoring God, I can feel good before God and I can get mine too. And what Jesus is teaching, because we are made in the image of God, and the two greatest commandments are love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, but love your neighbor as yourself is, is God would say, if you, uh, Jesus would say, if you love God, you're not going to take advantage of people. Now that seems obvious. So we should, Jesus, Jesus shouldn't have to teach his followers that you can love God and dishonor people at the same time, because those who know God and how he loves people would say, yeah, of course that makes sense. So Jesus doesn't, shouldn't have to teach us. If you love God, you shouldn't dishonor people, but he does have to teach us how to both love God and live in a world where a lot of people want to dishonor and take advantage of us. And that's really what this text and the next two weeks is going to teach us. Jesus is saying, unfortunately, you live in a world where some everyone is going to take advantage of you. Some people are even going to think they can honor God while taking advantage of you. Here's how you walk and talk among them in order to honor God yourself and live a life that might actually minister to their heart or capture their real spiritual attention. And that's that's an important thing to know. 
which I see why we we need this series. There there is so much going on in our world that we need to make sure that in the midst of difficulty and struggle, and um, I think you gave a great quote talking about. Uh, I think MacArthur gave the great quote about uh, how our world is pretty dishonest and there's a lot of corruption. Yeah. Man, we, we've got to figure out how to live in the midst of that, honoring God, loving people, hopefully loving them in such a way that they'll they'll come to Christ. We don't want to just stay away from them. We want to help love them to Christ. What Jesus will do in the next two weeks is he will make it very, very clear there are going to be times in life where you know you are being dishonored and even taken advantage of. Here is how to respond yeah. in a way that could be a ministry to that person and in a way that absolutely honors God. So you can both stand before God and be right before God, but also have this person through your actions may maybe become right with God as well. And if you're listening, you've probably already had to figure out how to do that with extended family or neighbors you've had to figure out how to love them in spite of some of the difficult situations you find yourself in you know as we all try to avoid being a difficult person uh, I, I think we should remember the words you share them in matthew twelve thirty six from jesus but i tell you that everyone will have to give a, a give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken and, and then you quote dr william barclay what, what a great um, quote that that you share, no man can keep God out of any transaction. God's already there. Life cannot be divided into compartments in some of which God is involved and in others of which he's not involved. The fact is that God does not need to be invited into certain departments of life and kept out of others. He's everywhere, all through life and every act of life. He hears not only the words which are spoken in his name, he hears all words, and there cannot be any such thing as a form of words which evades bringing God into a transaction. Man, what is what is this verse from from Matthew twelve, as well as uh, this quote from William Barclay? What does it ring loud and clear to each of us? I think the the very simple lesson of Jesus in Matthew five thirty seven: just let your yes be yes, and let your no be no. So the religious leaders had found out a very intricate way to appear to bring God into conversations that didn't technically bring God into conversations because they weren't, they weren't swearing to God. They're swearing by God's temple. D- doesn't count. Didn't swear to God. Swearing by God's throne. Doesn't count. Not really swearing to God. And what Jesus is saying is, listen, you don't have to swear to God in order to be heard by God or held accountable by God. Every word you speak, God hears and judges and holds you accountable on. So if you say yes, um, that should mean yes every time. God intends for your yes to be yes and your no to be no. Uh, The Essene community, which a lot of people believe that John the Baptist was a member of, that actually, you know, left Jerusalem and lived in the Qumran region of the Judean desert where they, you know, recently in the last 50 to 75 years have found the Dead Sea Scrolls. They they would not uh, be sworn in to testify in court because they said, if I have to swear, they had a statement where basically they said, if I have to swear by anything to prove that I am telling the truth, 
I'm not telling the truth. You can trust that I'm telling the truth because I'm talking. Because it's all like, because it's all I do. If I'm speaking, it's the truth. If I'm speaking, I mean it. If I'm speaking, I believe it to be true. Like they, so they, they wouldn't, they wouldn't put their hand on a Bible and say, I promise to tell, um, the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God, because they would have said, I do that. I do that without the Bible and without the pledge. I tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth because God hears every word and I'm accountable to him, not accountable to the court, not accountable to the jury. I'm, ac- I'm accountable to God. And that's the, that's the thought of Matthew 12, 36. And that's the thought of Barclay's quote of Barclay saying, you cannot compartmentalize your life into things that are accountable to God and things that are not accountable to God. All of life is accountable to God. Um, so every word you speak, every promise you make, everything you say, God hears them all and you're accountable to God for all of them. So I think that, you know, the, the importance of words, the importance of, Hey, be slow to speak, be quick to listen in this message really, really rings true because Jesus is saying every yes, God hears every no God hears men. Let them, let them all have absolute integrity. And I think it's a great application to whoever's listening, who's in the business world, who uh, is one way at work and a different way at church, one way in his family, different way in the neighborhood. I think we want to be the same person. I, I, without question, we want to be the same person. And and kind of just that that Holy Spirit within us ought to say, God's at all places. He's listening to all words. God hears your language on the golf course as an act of your worship of him as clearly as he hears the songs you sing in church. Like Like that's how you have to look at it. Um, your whole life, every word you say is, is an act of worship or what you think of God. So Barclay saying, same all as if he were sitting right beside you or as, or as if you were saying them to him. Yeah. Because you're accountable to him. Absolutely. Great, uh, great challenge and something to strive for with every one of us. Toward the end of your message, you talk about, boy, this was a really great part, seven key concepts of dealing with difficult people. You kind of some fill in the blanks. You said sovereignty, you know, to remember God is in control, grace, the people are broken, humility equates that to you cannot control every outcome, accountability, you're accountable to God for your integrity and your actions, honesty, you know, let, let your yes be yes, your no, no in every environment of life. Love that we need to learn to trust God enough to love people and reliance that we, we trust and rely more on God than we do other people. Which of these have you seen people have the hardest time practicing? So in the environment that we're living in right now in 2020 and 2021, um, probably grace you know, seven key concepts of dealing with difficult people. Um, the concept of grace means I re I remember you're broken. I re I remember you're broken and I treat you that way. Um, so my, my Bible reading today, I think, um, was first Samuel 25 to 27, 24 to 27. It was in that range where David is King David future King David of Israel is running from current King Saul of Israel. 
And Saul, Saul is pursuing David, trying to kill him, even though David's really not after him, just because he's in a jealous rage and he's threatened by him. And he, as he's chasing David, he and his army make camp. And he falls asleep with kind of his bodyguards beside him, his, his spear in the ground beside his head, his water jug beside him. And David and kind of his right-hand guy sneak into the camp, steal the spear and the water jug to prove to him, like, I could have killed you. Like, I, was, I was right there. I could have killed you, um, but I didn't. And then they go to a mountain and they yell, hey, everybody wake up, you know. Hey, Saul, where, where are your protectors? I could have killed you. Why are you chasing me? I don't want to kill you. Send someone to get your spear and your water jug. Like, please wake up spiritually. I'm not trying to hurt you. And he said, may God value my life like I have valued yours. And I, and I wrote in my journal today, um, just this morning, may I be somebody who shows the grace to others that I want God to show to me. May I be someone who values the lives of others like I want God to value me. So I, 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 I will say on Sunday that without grace, the, you can only have two, two types of relationships. If there is no grace, you will either have no friendships or shallow friendships. But those are the only two options. Because every relationship you have will be with a broken person. And if you cannot get through each other's level of brokenness because of grace to treat people like Jesus has treated you, you have two options. You can have no friends or you can have shallow friends. But if you're unwilling to have grace, you won't have deep friends. You just, just the world's too broken. You just can't. So I think that 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 for me, um, I'm, I'm trying to do better there. In 2020 and 2021, man, I'm asking people to give me more grace. It's been a hard, it's been a hard year to try to na- navigate your way um, through everything that's going on. Uh, sometimes you take a wrong turn. Sometimes you speak too fast. Sometimes you speak too slow. Sometimes you say too much. Sometimes you say too little. Um, man, without grace this year in the eyes of Jesus, what a terrible job that I have done trying to lead spiritually and without grace from the people of our church, man, I don't know that any um, would, would be left. Uh, so I think grace is super, super important. Um, and I'll stand, I'll stand by what I'm going to say on Sunday without you get two options with no grace, two options, um, no friends or shallow friends. But if you want to have anything more than that, it's, it's going to take grace. So I, I think, I think that's one. And then number six, love, um, I, you know, I think ultimately when you really learn the gift of grace that you've received and that you've given, you choose to love people because you trust God. You don't love people because you trust them. As a matter of fact, you probably, the more time you spend with broken people, the more you lower your, the original title of this Bible study was lower expectations. I think the more time you spend with broken people, the lower the expectations you have of any people. But the more time you spend with Jesus, the more love you have for all people. So I, I think those two, I, I think being willing to have grace because we need grace and then being willing to show love, uh, not because difficult people deserve it, but because you just trust God enough to try to love people like he will and and just 
the the sovereignty piece number one you just kind of trust that um that he's in control um it's the second you know we set out the goals for the message this weekend and the second goal was to determine what is both true and real what is true is god is in control what is real is that it really feels like god is not in control so when what is true contrasts with what appears to be real you've got to step into the spiritual side and have some and have some spiritual trust all right i can't see it um i can't see what god is doing but all through history i've seen the love of god the power of god the hand of god the plan of god so i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to trust somehow this is all a part of that so it's a lot of those but I, i think grace and love are probably the probably the big ones it's really great list, and actually, as as you think back to the series premise, to learn how much we must depend on Jesus to live like Jesus. These are the things that we've got to do. If we say we really want to live like Jesus, we're going to have to model these in dealing with, you know, all kinds of difficult people in our lives. Not in not just the term difficult people, the people we love, the people we care about, the people yeah. we do life with. Uh, so let these resonate in your mind: sovereignty, grace, humility accountability, honesty, love, and reliance. So, man, Pastor Christian, thanks for really great uh, uh, sermon and uh, some more uh, great information on the podcast today. Uh, thank you for uh, listening today and tuning in. We'd love uh, for you to, to rate us, to share it. Uh, your uh, good rating helps uh, more and more people uh, get exposed to some good teaching, some uh, application that will challenge them to live lives uh, that are going to help them look, uh, live and look more like Jesus. Uh, We hope to see you in person in one of our services. If you're not aware, we've got our second uh, campus, two services over at Summit Christian Academy. Come and be a part of one of those this Sunday at 930 or 11. As always, we'd love to hear how God's working in your life. You can email us at activate at takethejourney.cc. We look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Activate. We would love for you to join us in person for one of our weekly worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Help us get the word out about this resource. You can do so by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing this episode on your favorite social media platform. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.